0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to this special Drum Network podcast. I'm Senior Reporter for The Drum, Chris Sutcliffe. Over the course of this week, we've been looking at the metaverse. At The Drum, we typically gauge the interest in a topic around the number of pitches we get based around it. And over the past couple of weeks, we have been inundated with requests for interviews, for articles and pitches about the metaverse itself, whether that be the rise of NFTs to create a... A continuity between different metaverse platforms whether that be the rise of vr tech that really enables empathy in the metaverse or whether that's just something as simple as an execution that's been done really really well either in roblox in minecraft Fortnite creative vr chat any one of the many platforms that we have that currently comprise the metaverse but at the same time we're aware that Uh, I think it's 58% of consumers gone to a recent study don't yet know what the metaverse is, and of the remaining 42%, I personally seriously doubt that any of them have much of an idea of what it will look like, because I don't, and I'm immersed in that world. So how can anybody else particularly be expected to? So to examine all that and more, I'm joined by three fantastic guests who I'm gonna ask to introduce themselves now. So Scott, can you begin, please?
1: Yeah, thank you very much um, for having me. I'm Scott Cullither, I'm the president and the chief executive officer of an agency called the Invent Group. The Invent Group is a uh, global brand story uh, project and we call it a project because we are, uh, it's an evolutionary uh, uh, piece of work. Currently we have four different disciplines. We have a brand strategy agency called Folk Hero. We have a culture consultancy business called Meaning. We have a digital content studio called Heavy. Uh, we have an experiential agency, which was the cornerstone of the Invent group called Invent, uh, nine offices in six different countries, and uh, super, super excited to be a part of this podcast and and uh, talk about one of the hottest topics on the planet right now. So thank it, you. Yeah,
0: very possibly an understatement. Yeah, it's it's like I said, it's everything that we get pitched at the moment is Metaverse related. And so, Ting, can you give us a quick explanation of sort of your own background and where you uh, where went to the Metaverse space?
2: Sure. So I'm Ting. Um, I'm with PMG, which is headquartered out of Fort Worth. And PMG is a global media and creative agency. I work specifically within client strategy. So we kind of focus across um, the breadth of channels uh, that our media teams work with. And we try to deliver seamless brand experiences uh, across for our clients um, for the metaverse specifically, I know it's all a new hot topic. <laughs> um, in, in my experience, I've, I've done a lot within the tech space, worked with clients like Samsung and Apple, as well as even Lenovo back in the day. And this has always been a hot topic of conversation. It's always kind of grappled between gaming as well. And so um, I'm really excited to have this conversation with you guys.
0: Absolutely. yeah. And one of the key topics we were exploring uh, during the metaverse deep dive is the extent to which gaming has created almost the visual language for the metaverse. So there's so much there to explore. And last but not least, Rafe, can you give us an explanation as to how your career has intersected with the metaverse?
3: Uh, so I'm Ray Blanford, the Chief Product Officer at Digitus UK, which is a digital agency that operates across customer engagement, precision media, and what we call products and platforms. That's all about connected experiences. And for the metaverse, that is something that I think has been around for a while, but has come to the public consciousness. And mm-hmm. everyone's asking, what should we be doing? What is it? And how do we make the most of it? And where is it going to be in five years' time? Mm-hmm. I don't think you can talk about digital without separating out the, some of the questions around what's going to be happening in 5 years time we're at the 15th anniversary of the iphone who knows what will be in 15 years time pretty good bet that the metaverse will be part of it
0: yeah absolutely yeah, it's a scary thought actually that, that that we could be you know here again in 15 years talking about how readily we sort of leapt into the metaverse and everything that's evolved well ray can we stick with you to just ask is it too early then to be talking about the metaverse as a singular entity yet? Do we still need to talk to the public as though it's individual iterations of it, whether that be you know executions within uh, you know IT like what ITV is doing within um, Roblox?
3: I think it depends if you're talking about the short term. And often when we're talking to clients, that is absolutely the goal. And I think you can divide it between kind of the evolution of social and gaming in Roblox, Fortnite, or whichever one you might choose. And actually, that's where the big volume is. But equally well, there is also you know, VR, and that is what Facebook or now Meta is talking about. And so there's executions there. And then you can talk about augmented reality or the world overlay. And I think those Mm -hmm. are the three areas that tend to get talked about as the metaverse. And at the moment, they are quite separate. And there is a big question about how much will that come together? Because there's different technologies underlying that. I think they will start to merge together, but we're certainly not there yet. So when you talk about a tactical execution for the metaverse, you do need to talk about it separately
0: see that's really interesting and scott i saw you were nodding along there do you kind of have the same opinion that we are too early to be talking about it as a singular product
1: 100 yeah, percent. i think you know the whole notion and i think rafe is right I, i'd actually maybe take it out another uh, the tail take it out another three or four years i think we're 10 years away probably from having what the metaverse will be uh the interesting thing is it's all it's all based on and built around you know decentralization right and yet within the hundreds of metaverses that are out there uh, they are decentralized by design but they're very centralized because for instance Roblox doesn't play with the land mm-hmm. doesn't play with sandbox doesn't play with a, a metaverse that we're building out called Bazaar, and then you have you know the cryptocurrencies like ethereum and Solana and those guys don't play together yet and so in order for the metaverse to truly be a metaverse uh, it, it All of those things have to come together in open source, and you, you should be able to, as a consumer, or as a brand, or, or as a customer, you should be able to seamlessly and frictionlessly move from one uh, metaverse to another, and then we truly do have a metaverse.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That's the kind of the, the ultimate promise of it, which we've, as you know, God knows how we actually find the way there. There's the roadmap seems to be, you know, pitted with uh, potholes at the moment. I'm sure we will eventually because there's so much money in it. But Ting, we were lucky enough to have you the other day for a roundtable, which um, I, I threw up some fascinating ideas. The most interesting of which I think was the idea that when we talk about the metaverse, we're actually talk, using that as a framework for all those different kind of pieces of tech, even if they don't necessarily work together yet. So when we are talking about the metaverse, do you think there is a sort of common understanding of what we mean or are we talking more about the kind of the potential of what that will be?
2: Definitely the potential of what that will be. And like the like these guys said, it's it's all about... Uh, we There's not a, necessarily a way to... To bring these all together. And I think it also comes to the audiences that are using each of these platforms. Um, they're all using it for a certain want and need, and they don't really necessarily play together as well, right? So that comes into context there too.
0: So is there still the need for us to define best practice on each of those different platforms? You know, the ones that I've mentioned before are the ones that are kind of heavily gaming related, but there are, as Scott mentioned, ones that are kind of more specific to, you know, almost the kind of virtual space itself. So do we still 100%. talk about best practice for each individual one?
2: Yes, because each of the best practices is tailored against a different target audience right now. There's a lot of platforms that's specifically for work, for conferences, for, for gathering in, in that certain type of aspect. And then there's the, the play, the gamification of it all. Um, and so with that in mind, there has to be best practices to in, to appeal to those certain audiences in the most authentic way. Um, and so we're going to see those best practices build and they might start to to consolidate similar to the way social media works, right? Um, mm-hmm. And the way that video evolved on those platforms as well. Everything with TikTok, TikTok ha- has changed the game of video content as a whole. Um, and we're starting to see that play into other platforms. Mm-hmm. So we're going to see that same, same replication of effects uh, come to mind when it comes to to this the metaverse specifically. I think.
0: See, I think that's fascinating, particularly this idea that you've brought up social and the idea that you know all these different social platforms all have their different audiences currently, but they have so many shared tools. You know, they will steal ideas from one another. They will effectively, in a lot of ways, overlap in terms of their functionality. So when marketers start thinking about the Metaverse, what are going to be some of the biggest, I suppose, considerations to go into it? Is it going to be the audiences that exist on each individual Metaverse platform? Or is it going to be kind of the, I suppose, the commercial benefits that come with each one? Is it going to be audience, commercial, a combination of both? What do you think, Scott?
1: Yeah, uh, well, I, I think it's a combination of both. And, it, you know, there, there is a massive uh, race to the Metaverse right now. By by brands, all all every day you read three or four brands just jumped into this metaverse or that metaverse, right? And and in in large part, the reason they're racing into the metaverse is that because uh, the metaverse technology, whether it's built on blockchain, or, blockchain or pixel streaming, it, regardless, um, is designed for the most coveted uh, demographic on the planet: the millennials and Gen mm. And, and, and they, are, uh, they are eating this t- technology and this platform up in, in a way that's consuming it in a way that's never been consumed before. And brands are, um, you know, want to stay relevant. They want to stay current. They want to stay topical. And the, the way for brands to continue to tell stories in a compelling way and engage that most important audience on the planet is clearly through the metaverse uh, platforms that are being developed
0: and you touched on something that I saw, Rafe, I saw you were nodding but some of those um stories that are being told they typically tend to revolve around entertainment like these so we've seen you know so many entertainment properties kind of launch within the metaverse or have brand extensions within the metaverse do you think that entertainment then is going to be one of the primary use cases for metaverse platforms for the foreseeable future
3: uh, yes i think on all platforms or experienced platforms, entertainment and content is often one of the first things uh, that comes in. And you can can see that strongly when you look back at the early history uh, of the internet and actually the similarly with mobile. With the Metaverse, we're seeing lots of exploration around that space right now, whether that's um, with kind of events or content being created in somewhere like Decentraland and Samsung just did something for CES around uh, 837X. um, And that was an interesting experience. But one of the things I think that people need to realize is right now, a lot of that is driven by engagement to build kind of a brand thing or for a PR activity. As always with the marketing activity, someone starts mentioning ROI at some point. What is the commercial return? We're not really there yet on the metaverse. There are some exceptions to that and like roadblocks and the business models that underlie that, but that's actually very little to do with the mm-hmm. metaverse and how those are constructed. So I think what we will see come in and what is going to be important for growth is, is that going to be transactional? Is that going to be commerce? Is it going to be some kind of service delivery or something like that? And we don't know because I think one of the things that people have to appreciate is it's unexplored territory. And actually, the assumption that it will be a replica of what already exists is probably the worst assumption to make. And like a lot of the experience, just recreate the physical world. And that, that's incredibly limiting. You know, don't create the virtual version of your museum, create something that allows people to explore the content in different ways. And that's how you unlock, you know, bigger re- engagement, mass market, and everything else. Because the reality is, with the exception of the gaming ones, you're talking most of the time about engagement with hundreds of thousands, not hundreds of millions. And that's obviously a big contrast with the other marketing channels that we will, will typically talk about. So loads of excitement, but sometimes a bit of reality if you're talking about RRI versus kind of PR and publicity.
0: Yeah, absolutely. That skeuomorphism between kind of real-world environments being ported into the virtual environments just—it drives me absolutely insane. The last thing I ever want to do is sit at a virtual desk in the kind of a same old virtual office cubicle when I could be doing something in space. It—it it winds me up that we suddenly left immediately. So let's recreate the office in there. But Scott, based on what Rachel said there about ROI and everything, what other verticals and sectors do you think are well placed at the moment to take advantage of metaverse platforms?
1: Yeah, t- t- totally. Well, I, I just want to follow up on what Rafe had said. And, and I do think that he's absolutely right. Like if, if you're going to lift and shift, you know, your physical experience into the metaverse, then you're making a mistake. Mm-hmm. You know, the metaverse has no boundaries physically. There's no boundaries a- around time and space and all of those kinds of things. So like, like it really is a white piece, of, a blank piece of paper that uh, brands and organizations can take full advantage of. And I think when it comes to ROI, Entertainment is going to lead, you know, and again, it goes back to the the demographic that is is just um, consuming entertainment in so many ways. And this is a new way for them to do that. But but there are so many other things too, like shopping and e-commerce is a huge one, both with digital digital products and uh, IRL products. You know, I I read an article the other day that they said the digital skin market. So the mm. you know the market for digital goods is going to reach a hundred billion dollars globally by 2030, which is crazy to me, right? Mm. Um, and so so that's a big one. Um, I think that there is also the, you know the, the Web 3.0 or the metaverse, uh, which is actually you know kind of a narrow look at it when we talk about it. But I think it's more Web 3.0 will become the new social networks. You know, and I think ultimately will either, um, you know, the, the, the existing ones will either build their own version in the metaverse or they're going to or they're going to become obsolete. And so I think there's a ton of opportunity uh, for socialization and social interaction and community building in ways that have never been done before, because you literally can connect with not just, you know, a thousand people, but hundreds of thousands or millions of people all over the world, 24, 7, 365 in the metaverse. So that's
0: that's really interesting because that touches upon something that we actually spoke about at the roundtable. So Ting, when we were talking about kind of the metaverse and its implications for social interaction, for community, and then kind of where brands can fit in off the back of that, what do you then think is some of the considerations we need to take into account before we suddenly launch brands into that community-driven space on the metaverse?
2: Some of the considerations just apply to the accessibility of it all. Um, I know with Meta, Facebook, Oculus is one way for them to access it, but it's Mm. not easily accessible. I know with certain, we've also toyed with um, ideas of VR and AR across, and like Ray said, had mentioned, the reach would not have been as grand as if we had done something more from a social media aspect Mm. of it all. The other part of it, I'm thinking as a, a consideration is the learning curve, Um, of the audience specifically, and we've kind of already nodded to this, but the metaverse is also in a lot of other industries in the sense that it dips its toes into cryptocurrency, blockchain, all of these really new technologies that are emerging. And I think that in the U.S. specifically, a lot of the consumers here uh, have trust issues with that. Um, and there's a reinforcement from the banks and system. So we don't necessarily, we have trust issues here in the US specifically to to want or need to, to, to get on to the metaverse. And I think we have to really build that trust um, in order for us to, to really consider being part of it. And then the last piece that I've also been thinking about is the governance of all, mm-hmm. like the regulations that come from it. Um, here in us we also see, um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg go <laughs> to Congress and they are asking about Facebook and um, how that all works. I think that if this was ever to to step their toes into this, how to explain the metaverse to politicians, <laughs> um, <laughs> that will be such an, that that'll be a feat. Um, and so like the regulations that come <laughs> from this and like the abuse of the systems that that are being built, because it's it's like. These guys have mentioned it's a blank page. We can do all we want in the system and in the metaverse. And so with that, there's no rules. (laughs) Um, And and there's going to be some abuse of that system or some manipulation in some part with whatever technology that comes up next. And we're just going to have to prepare for that.
0: I, I'm already dreading watching that that court hearing where somebody has to try yes. to explain what that looks like to to a politician who's never even so much as touched a VR headset, let alone you know initiated something on Roblox. And so,
1: I do think, sorry, Chris, I was just going to add on what uh, Tim mm-hmm. was saying. I do think that there is a massive messaging opportunity uh, at at play right now with respect to metaverse, blockchain, crypto you know a lot of people especially the government governing bodies look at you know crypto and blockchain as though it's some dark art or some black black web or whatever right but in reality it is the truest and most transparent form of web technology that we have right now because you literally with the the way that blockchain is designed and developed you literally have an opportunity to look at every single Point along the blockchain openly and full transparency. So it's it's really interesting because it's it's being portrayed as people are going to be able to avoid paying taxes, or they're going to uh, they're going to uh, you know hide money, or they're, there's going to be this black market that's going to mm-hmm. happen. That is the farthest thing from the truth. So the, so you know I think the leading companies in Web 3.0 really need to focus in on the messaging and begin to. Um, work with, as Ting said, government officials so that when legislation is passed, it's passed appropriately w- rather than passed with not the proper education. Yes, yeah, certainly. Uh, um, we can get into that as well. Sorry, Ray. Yeah, please go. Uh, I
3: was say, uh, just to build on that, I think there's an interesting paradox that exists with the metaverse right now in that, in all of the, you know, any marketing experience or bit of technology, you can talk about. If you like the experience itself, and then that tends to be in a, a triangle with the technology, and then often with government regulation or what I would describe as societal norms. Mm. And actually, there's a challenge for the metaverse on both societal norms. People don't like the idea of putting stuff on their face and experiencing that. And they, you know, they've been made scared of it by Ready Player One or Snow Crash. <laughs> yeah. well, you know, there's a lot of talk about the technology and everything will do. And I agree with what Scott was saying. It's incredibly exciting, um, but actually, people don't really know everything that we'll do with it. And some of the things that have been created on the blockchain probably give that wrong sense of what's going to develop. So thinking about experience is interesting, but I wanted to go back to your question about what verticals are, are mm. going to be interesting. Cause I think it's sometimes useful to step back from the technology and from the governance and the societal norms and go, actually, this is a step change in the way that you can experience things. And you can take some lessons from VR where empathy becomes really important. So verticals, where that matters, then you take the other thing that VR does, which is resituate you. Suddenly, location and place doesn't matter anymore. So you put those two together. I think, you know, the things that don't get talked about, and there's some obvious things, and uh, Scott and Ting have mentioned them, and I, I agree, is actually where you think about education or training um, they are underexploited and under-disrupted industries by the rest of digital. It's actually been quite disrupted in the last two years because of home learning and things like that. And I think that is then a, a step change. But also you can think about travel in that context because, you know, the important empathy and experience and location there. So the verticals to look at are maybe not the ones that people sometimes look at. And of course, entertainment's going to be there. But we'll be surprised just as we were by the web with kind of the way that social kind of emerged out of web one. Uh, to be the dominant discourse in Web 2. I think the same thing is going to happen here, except it will be around those all two human characteristics of what it is like to experience different places and different situations and the empathy that creates for other people. And maybe that's a bit tech utopian and optimistic, but i like to do that because there is so much negative around the metaverse and blockchain and web three. And and sometimes it's helpful to make yourself think about that. So you can have a, especially after what we've been going through in the last two years.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Rafe, you preempted about 80% of our articles there for the next week, which is <laughs> looking at VR, the use of VR in the metaverse and travel versus kind of empathy, talking to the, the curator of the um, LGBTQ plus VR museum uh, based out in Brighton, which, well, based in the metaverse rather than in Brighton. So, yeah, there's just so much there to, to unpack. Um, I don't know if either, Scott or Ting, you want to sort of follow up on that kind of idea of it being used to disrupt your know, training, to create empathy. You know, where do you think the kind of the biggest opportunities are?
1: Well, look, I think I think much like Amazon uh, has created an, an entire ecosystem f- from a commercial perspective uh, to support everything that's happening in the world of Amazon and what it does, I think the the, the metaverse is going to be that on steroids. You know, you're, you're, so we talked about, you know, these different metaverses coming together. There are already businesses and, and development teams out there that are working on building um, AIPs or bridges. To bridge one metaverse with another, for instance, mm-hmm. this whole notion of NFTs that is now, you know, again, that's part of this whole conversation. That's something that's come out and is going to be a part of the uh, the ecosystem from a commercial perspective. Uh, the job creation, uh, I do think Rafe is right. The the training and especially, uh, you know, we, with regards to medical. Uh, and and scientific training, you mm-hmm. know, when when you're in a virtual world and you can actually see it in three dimensions, uh, that that's a huge advantage to surgeons and and all kinds of medical practitioners. So I think I think that it's really endless.
0: Uh, and Tink, there was so uh, I could see you nodding along there when Ruth was talking. So what would you say no, is kind we... of the biggest?
2: Well, well, it's like the education piece specifically. I had written this down as well. I was like, education is specifically the the access, knowing that there's value that comes from there and the, the amount of like knowledge that could be shared <laughs> through the metaverse. Yeah. I think that that's always a, a huge opportunity. Um, and so like that was the, the biggest piece that I took from is like, if you can portray value in the metaverse, people will come. And the second thing is the the empathy part. I think that's the emotional connection you've built with a specific brand. If you can fuel that fandom any further, um, and I think of sports in this way. Sports is a great one in the sense that they are always trying to reach the younger audiences because they know that their older audiences um, will move away. And so, like they they are always trying to re-engage and bring in more people into the loop. So I think those fandom comes in and we see those those types of brands and those types of verticals who have already built a solid community uh, thrive. Um, So that's what I'm thinking is going to happen.
0: Can I just check? Can can any of you hear the helicopter? Or is it passed long enough now? That Okay, perfect. Thanks so much. It was just like right outside the window. It's so annoying. And then a question that we've uh, probably misphrased actually in the material that we sent across to you ahead of the call is i said in that that the drum has argued the marketers have a huge role to play in how the metaverse develops but in fact that's been argued at us by commenters by expertise uh, by experts so i just wondered if we sort of go around who do you think has the i suppose a role to play in creating how the metaverse develops in encouraging that interoper- interoperability in actually making sure that we do have a metaverse that works for the vast majority of people who use it, um, Rafe, I don't know if you want to go first. Is it marketers, platforms, brands, consumers? Who's really driving that?
3: As a as a product person, my heart says that it should be dictated by the consumers and people. Because ultimately, I think the best experience comes from those that are user-centric and use those kind of principles of design. It's hard to know how much that would apply uh, to the metaverse. And I think you then have to put that against the hard, cold reality of, you know, you look at someone like Facebook, they you know, have been in the news recently for making people think a certain way by showing them certain things on their feeds. And so it's hard to get away from those big tech players having a big role to play. And uh, as Scott was talking about earlier, there is this move towards decentralization. But even in that space, you see forces pulling the centralization together. Uh, and that's happening in NFTs, whether that's the APIs to access the underlying Ethereum chain and things like that. In the metaverse you know even something like decentraland has a certain amount of centralization for the for the way it works and facebook is probably the epitome of that and is seen as the thing that is not liked by the fans but it's hard to argue with facebook when it's got hundreds of millions of customers knows how to build those kind of uh, products and whether you see that as a good or a bad thing is, mm. is very open to debate and so i think it's a combination of all of those actors that you mentioned if we turn to marketing specifically, marketing does tend to be that thing is at the edge of innovation because part of our job is to look for what will give an edge to the client or the brand that we're representing. And so I think marketers can sometimes get carried away by their own self-importance. And I definitely include myself in that. (laughs) Um, But but there is (laughs) is an important point there in that, of course, marketers are looking at the edge because that's what our brands and our clients and our colleagues demand of us because you want to get that edge. And so we're the natural explorers of that new space. Um, but I also think the other actors that you mentioned are, are absolutely uh, going to be there. But that's kind of what makes this exciting. It's probably why all of us want to talk about this and want to explore that. Um, I think the the really important thing, though, when you, you get right down to it is this is a big leap from a consumer understanding point of view it's kind of bigger than going from desktop internet to mobile internet which was arguably the last big change Mm. you know And I still don't know how customers will access this in a mass market. You know, Google Glass has some history with putting stuff on your face, Mm -hmm. but there are lots of other ways to do immersion and to experience the metaverse. So I think marketers are also going to have to be getting people over that space and drive the kind of adoption of it, because, you know, there is a distrust sometimes of the big tech companies. And actually, what the marketers do better than anything else is they move people, and whether that's through emotion, through storytelling, through innovation, that's where they can play a role for the metaverse. And that's why you know it is going to be a discourse that I'm sure will continue throughout this year and into the into the next decade.
0: Yes, yeah, certainly. And, and Scott, I, I I really want to get your take on this. So Rafe there mentioned kind of Facebook slash Meta and their outsized influence and the amount of money that they're putting into marketing, kind of the Oculus is just the gateway to the metaverse. So from your point of view, then, to what extent do the platforms themselves have a role to play in dictating what that looks like? And, you know, as Rafe said, how do we sort of communicate that to the public who doesn't necessarily have, you know, faith that they have the best interest at heart?
1: Yeah, I, I well, I think Rafe nailed it. I mean, the the, the platforms that are going to come out on top in the end are the ones that are going to be designed and built with the 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 consumer in mind or the or the customer in mind, right? Um, and so, you know, if you look at um, Roblox, for instance, uh, they got what, what did they get a fifty-four billion dollar valuation at the end of last year? <clears throat> they built Roblox for that that customer. Base and they have a tremendous use case now, and so I think that um, th- that ha- that has a great deal to do with marketers. Um, you know, I mean, the, the role of a marketer is to sen- synthesize and amplify uh, information in in dynamic ways, and then back it with science or the or, or the marketing stuff, right? And um, and and, and in, in the end of the day, the reason that consumers or or customers behave, act, and now engage in the way that they do, it's because that marketers uh, are there and shaping those stories and engaging those uh, consumers and clients on behalf of brands and organizations. And I think ultimately all of this has to be founded in strategy. You know, so th- those those brands or marketers that are moving into the metaverse without some sort of strategic relevancy are making a mistake. There's a lot of them that are just throwing in to get there. They just want to be there. They're not sure what to do with it, but yeah, it's all got to be grounded in strategy. So I think I think that's a critical point to this.
0: That there, there, there was a fantastic thread that came out of uh, CES where it's just look here's a product that has nothing to do with the metaverse and they've just slapped on the metaverse label and assumed yeah. that it's going to sell uh, you know a hundred thousand units. Um, Ting, before you mentioned this idea that kind of you were looking at sports and as being sort of one of the, the driving forces behind the development of community in the metaverse. So is that, is the community that adopts that tech early or that kind of engages with metaverse content, do they have a key role to play in how it ultimately develops or are they at the whims of these bigger players?
2: I think they have a key role in how it develops. I think essentially when you look at YouTube and TikTok and how creator first it is, um, and how they have shaped the way that the content in itself is built up off, off of. You know, TikTok is just an algorithm. They do a really great job <laughs> at serving the right content at the right time and just keeping you a- on its platform. But it's the creators who made the content that have stuck it out the mm-hmm. longest. And so I kind of think about that. I think it's consumer first, but it's an active feedback loop. And when it comes to the consumer, they are, if they have a flexibility to create and to uh, to, to just cr- continue to find ways to change the platform in ways, um, I think that they will actively work with the platforms and brands and markers, and it'll just constantly re engage one another. Um, so that's how I see it. It's the same, same process on other platforms, and we will see it happen here uh, within the metaverse.
0: No, absolutely. Yeah. And I know we could we could speak about this for hours. There's so much to discuss. It's almost <sighs> foolish of us to have only scheduled one podcast to discuss this. But if we could go around and maybe say the thing that we're most excited about for the metaverse in the next five years, whether that be new experiences, whether that be kind of the empathy creation that we spoke about, whether that be the ability for people to communicate in new ways, what would be the thing that we're most excited about? And if we start with you, Scott.
1: Yeah, I, I actually yeah. think that there will be a seismic shift in societies as a result of the metaverse web 3.0 is going to is going to be blockchain enabled and um, you know there's there's this concept of the dao the De- decentralized autonomous organization which is a super super powerful thing to do because what it really is doing is it's spreading the the power and the the what used to be wealth creation for just a few across everybody right so anybody that gets involved in this uh play has an opportunity to excel and benefit from all of the work that's come before in in a shared way that's never been done before and so i think there's going to be a seismic shift uh you know by the time we get to 2030 there's gonna be a seismic shift in society Mm -hmm. and the way we think and the way we work together and i think the metaverse is going to be the tool or the platform that actually brings physical societies globally together in a way that they've never been brought together before. And so I'm super, super excited about that.
0: There you go, Rafe. That's some more optimism for you there when we talk about this kind of stuff. And just before we come to you then finally, Ting, what would you say you're most excited about?
2: So personally selfish about this, but... (laughs) I'm looking forward to how this evolves the gaming space, um, the creativity that's going to come to it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Like I I see how brands are, are jumping in from the gaming side of things. You see the Fortnite integrations, you see the Roblox integrations. League of Legends is doing some amazing things with, was surprisingly retail brands, <laughs> mm. <laughs> and they're luxury retail brands. And so I'm I'm really excited to see what will continue to evolve in the gaming space and how that will build off of additional social connections. How does the community change? We we do a lot now um, through through voice chats now, and and the thing is like Discord came up as a new platform um, when gaming specifically. Mm-hmm. And it's now being used across other communities from studying to, I don't know, like your hobbies. And so I think that there's going to be just a proliferation of new ways of engagement. um, And with pairing the gaming publishers and the game titles and all of that, there's just gonna be a sense of giant creativity that comes to mind in Mm. engagement. So I, I think that's what I'm most excited for.
0: I I wholeheartedly echo that. Some of the best experiences I've had over the past couple of years have been through kind of that community enabled VR, whether that be Beat Saber, multiplayer, or anything like that. I love that. And finally, Rafe, what would you say you're most excited about in terms of the metaverse?
3: I'm going to talk about short term. I've quite enjoyed using what I would regard as metaverse experiences when working from home has been present, because for that exact reason about social. Um, has enabled me to meet with friends to then have an interactive experience with them, and then some of those that do happen in uh, dedicated spaces are are absolutely amazing. And I don't know how long that will last outside of the kind of working from home and lockdowns. It'll be really interesting to see. I, I think it will have an accelerative effect personally. Mm-hmm. And then on the gaming side, you know, been playing IB Cricket on the Oculus Quest too. <laughs> nice. uh, it's a, it's a great game. It's something I enjoy doing. But the thing that actually excites me personally is the metaverse is essentially a blank canvas. And so the imagination that it's going to unleash will be just like the early days of the web and mobile. And it's the things that haven't been thought of yet that, you know, personally, that's the thing I want to see because I do agree with what both Scott and Ting said, you know, gaming and then the democratization of access to things, but it will be the things that we aren't able to experience right now. You know, it will able to take us places and, you know, do stories and imagination that we, we haven't seen yet. You know, using it for the same stuff we're already doing, is kind of boring, seeing what comes next. And I can't wait to see what people um, unleash on that. My My personal hope would be, it can be a unifying influence. It can drive more innovation and hope. And that comes back to the, the techno-utopian view of the world, which, if I'm honest, does seem to be something at the odds of things that are pushing on the metaverse <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, right now. So we yeah. will see in the next, uh, next couple of years.
0: Well, fingers crossed. Absolutely. Um, And then it's a very final question. If any of the listeners want to get in contact with you, either to bend your ear about anything you've spoken about, to sort of maybe solicit you for some ideas or work, or even Rafe to challenge you to a game of cricket, where's the best place for them to, to reach you? We've had everything from LinkedIn to your company sites to email addresses. So Rafe, to begin with, where's the best place for them to reach you?
3: Uh, I'm lucky. Unusual name. You Google Rafe Blanford and you will find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, Oculus Quest, um, everywhere. Or just email me at rafe.blanfordactiveschess.com. Perfect. And Ting?
2: Probably the best way to get in contact is just ting at pmg.com. Simple as that.
0: (laughs) That is super simple. Thank you so much. And Scott?
1: Best way to reach me is uh, at at, uh, the Invent Group website, which is sculather. Uh, at invent.com.
0: That's perfect. Well, thank you so much for taking part in this. We could have spoken about this for hours and hours. Uh, for the listeners, please do check out the Drums Metaverse Deep Dive that's running all of this week on the drum.com. You can check the tag Metaverse to really get a flavor of exactly what we're going to be writing about. But thank you so much to Scott, Ting, and Ray for taking part. And thank you to all the listeners for coming along with us on this uh, future-gazing ride into what the Metaverse will look like.
3: Thank you, Chris. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Ting.